are listening to Open Science Talk, the podcast about, well, open science. This is episode three, and with me today is Lars Figenske, who is senior academic librarian at the University of Tromsø. And today's topic is senior scientists and open science. Lars Figenske, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thank you very much. So today's topic is senior scientists, and I know that you are uh, involved in a project that works with this group, but let's start at the beginning. Why should uh, scientists that are on the end of their uh, career be involved in open science? There are really many good reasons uh, uh, for that. First of all, because the loss of data uh, within this segment of the scientist population is enormous. There are like really many empirical studies which have shown that let's say five to ten years after retirement it's only a few percentage of the data that are still available uh, for others. Uh, and of course they have a lot of valuable data. They have been uh, working within, within uh, science for decades. Uh, so they like possess really valuable uh, data and often they have time series and time series are are really valuable not only for the single researcher but for the institution for the society and 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 let's say you could use time series if you are a researcher within uh, climate change problematics and, and and so on and in addition to all those kind of of arguments uh, they often need more help as well. And another type of help than a fresh PhD student uh, uh, need. We have to focus on that. These people have been really active researchers, uh, but maybe their most active part was from the 1990s. And, and so to say, they were like active researchers in the transition between paper-based and more digital-based research when that emerged. So, so they also have a lot of data which are not in spreadsheets, for example. So they have a lot of valuable data that we have to digitalize, for example. So, so there are many reasons. And they possess data which are in really, really many formats. Uh, they need help to organize and to structure uh, these data. They have data on paper, on diskettes, on memory sticks, on external hard disks, uh, and so on. So they need some help to get them digitalized and in persistent uh, file formats. So there are a lot of good reasons uh, uh, helping uh, this, uh, this, this group. For sure. So let me follow up on that. Is it possible to convert everything to to modern uh, open data sources, uh, even even uh, if the data is uh, old and and maybe not uh, digitalized uh, already? Yes, in principle, it's uh, it's uh, possible to save all kind of data and make it uh, open available. But of course, it's a really time-consuming uh, process and it uh, it takes time uh, and it needs involvement not only from our side but also from the researchers and the disciplinary uh, researchers uh, they have the, the the skills when it comes to just their 
type of, of data. But in principle, yes, we could uh, everything could be, be opened up and, and, and shared. You mentioned it a little bit about um, what the consequences are. Um, how could you uh, describe the consequences uh, on a broader uh, aspect of, of science? Uh, there is no doubt about that. <laughs> you will not manage to orientate in a data set if a minimum of metadata uh, are not present. The owner of the data set have to provide it with, with the necessary amount of information. If not, uh, the data have no value, in fact, to others than, than uh, the researchers, uh, him or herself. It's a very easy logic if you can't understand uh, the structure of, of a data set and the context and the content, you will, of course, not understand it. So uh, there are many, many consequences besides of those uh, as well. Especially the data will get no attention. Uh, you will not receive any citations because there are no attention uh, about the data set. Uh, but the more serious consequences is that if there are anyone within your special discipline who are writing a, a uh, review article or making a meta-analysis, they will not uh, uh, catch up your, your data and, and you will not affect the big picture and the consensus in your field or, or discipline. That's the worst thing. Um, <clears throat> so um, are there any challenges to converting data from senior scientists onto new platforms? Uh, you mentioned it uh, in the start, but... Yeah, remember that these are people, they are 60, 60 plus, and they <laughs> grew up scientifically in another decade or another century than, than uh, the internet and uh, open science and open data in, 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 in special. We still have to convince uh, some of the researchers that the whole idea, the whole thing, that, it, that is good. Uh, but it's fewer and fewer, uh, luckily. And many need some time to be familiar with the whole open data ID. Uh, and many, are, they are like afraid to ask for, for help. Uh, they have working habits or they are used to, uh, during uh, the decades, they, they are used to work alone in their own uh, way. And now, like suddenly, they have to, to open up and show their bad working habits for the whole world. It comes like visible uh, in a way. And that's not, not uh, easy for, for, uh, for a bunch of people. And it's many which have like the personal identity are so connected or linked up to their uh, data. Uh, you cannot imagine. Uh, so it's hard for many. And in fact, I, 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 I understand them. So, so how would the result look like uh, after uh, a senior scientist have, have been uh, through that process? Um, you know, what's the, what's the end result here? Yeah, we, we're looking for the optimal result that you could share your data with the whole world. If you are a student sitting in Ethiopia, but interested in the same things as you got data on. 
you should be it should be able to find those kind of data so so uh, and of course uh, we want uh, the researchers to follow the, the the principles and guidelines which are are, are um, are on these uh, topics. But I'm guessing that um, some of these uh, researchers are saying, well, my work from 10 years ago aren't really interesting yep. anymore. Yep. Um, is it interesting? Uh, very often it is. Uh, and very often uh, researchers are, uh, it's very hard to predict what would be interested in a 10 years time, for example. So, so uh, we have a lot of examples that researchers from a total different area, total different discipline, find data within another discipline, really interesting, and could like uh, uh, put them together with, with his or her own data. So, so we have a lot of, of examples that uh, with data sets which the researcher him him or herself are saying oh this is not that interesting for the world yes it is so so it's hard to predict so to be sure put out everything that could be put out uh, if it's open data put it out it's uh, there are no back sides or what is it called yeah i'm guessing one of the one of the um uh, critical points here are also that well they do open themselves up for um, maybe criticism when when uh, other people view their uh, bad habits in in the research phase mm -hmm. here um, yeah. what do you say to them yeah uh, i know that that some are afraid of that uh, if they are feeling themselves that they are not good in statistics for example uh, it will like be open up for the whole world but at the same time it's uh, it's a good thing because if you suddenly have uh, access to the best statisticians uh, available why not use them uh, uh, and they could even refine and, and do your results even better but, but of course Many of the researchers are overestimating the the importance of their own uh, data. Uh, very many researchers are 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 uh, doing their research within a limited field. There are not like hundreds or thousands of of interested people out there, but there may be a few, and they could make the best out of your data. Uh, and of course. Uh, also, when when it those times will come when when uh, it will be as usual to search for data sets as it is searching for for the written article uh, for sure and and uh, I would not let the researchers him or herself decide if the data is valuable. Let uh, other people decide it. Uh, do you have any examples of of, uh, of data being found and used again that were uh, were dismissed uh, decades ago? Yeah, especially when it comes to 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 time uh, series. Uh, many people they are working quietly and 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 almost alone, picking up their data year after year after year and uh, they are not like in a position to put those data into a larger context, but other could use them, which are working on, on a different level. Uh, so so uh, 
uh, yes, we have an ex- we have examples uh, of that. Mm-hmm. In fact, many. Yeah. Describe the project that that um, uh, UIT has here at uh, in Tromsø. No, we got this um, in our way to implement trying to implement uh, open science and and open data, especially into our institutions. We got like money for three years. Uh, and uh, with this money, we are able to help certain faculties uh, one at a time. So we focus on, on, on different faculties. We go right into the institute leader and to the uh, uh, deans. From there, uh, we're working with, with, uh, with the researchers uh, themselves. Uh, and, um, and we see also that the project or the open data thinking, uh, it's a kind of a contagious effect. If we first find one or two researchers that are like willing to share the data, then the rest will follow. Uh, so we have to find those who is going in front uh, in a way. Yeah, until now we have published around 50-60 datasets. We have a lot on on the run. <laughs> uh, uh, also rather big projects uh, with uh, long time series. For example, when it comes to Aurora Borealis, the Northern Light, we have a lot of measurements from uh, 100 years ago and, and until today. So, so that will be exciting. And we also are involved in, in, um, in a school project when it comes to digital bullying uh, with a lot of data, really interesting data because they have data not only from the pupils or the students, but also from the teachers, from the parents, from the school owners. So when you like aggregate or put this data together, it's a really lot of good uh, things you can analyze uh, out of that. And so what are the typical reactions uh, from senior scientists uh, and researchers when, when you, when you uh, uh, tell them that, uh, how they should, should uh, do open data? Uh, 90% of them, they say, of course. Uh, we, uh, we agree in the thoughts which are behind uh, these principles. Uh, uh, and then it comes, but I do not have time to structure my data in that way. I do not have time to put on the necessary amount of metadata. I could maybe uh, get one of my PhD students to do it, but could I uh, talk to you within a month or something? And then we get back uh, in a month and then they have the same issue again and again and again. So yes, it is time consuming because they haven't been prepared and how could they? So, uh, so, but, but, but there are many who have done that job. Take a few days, they have structured the data and they have like uploaded 25, 30 data sets uh, into the UIT Open Research Data Archive. So it's not that time consuming, of course not. Lars Figenske, it has been a pleasure. Same. Hello, 
Just a quick reminder, this podcast is created by the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University. Remember to sign up for our newsletter on opensciencetalk.com. That's a good way to get notified when the next episode is ready. Thanks! <laughs>